0: All right. Well, this is a good music talk block bonus end episode. Is that where you're going to put it? Yeah,
1: that was a bonus clip
0: for That was sure. a bonus clip of a bonus. <laughs> um, cool. We'll stick around for a bonus music talk clip at the end of the episode. Let's roll that theme. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Patrick. Patrick. Adventure
2: Guys!
1: All right, welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human.
0: And I'm Nick the Human. And wow, what, what a day it is. <laughs>
1: what a day.
0: How's your week been? It's been good. We're, we're out of words because we just talked a shitload and recorded it, so stick around to the end of the pod, especially if you like the non-Adventure Time talk and that's just like talking shit on music and whatever. Um, my week was good. It was intense. It was long, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> we got some extremely exciting news for the podcast this week. Are we going to, sh- should we just hold it as a secret? Yeah, I don't think we should. No, but I want to just yeah. tell you that coming up, we are going to have like insanely epic episodes that we have been building to over the past 62 eps. We've been leading, like we're, holy shit, like we've, we're we're seeing down the tunnel. I, I, what's the proper metaphor for what we're about to reach not the top of the mountain but like (laughs) it's like holy fuck we've been building to this moment
1: yeah it's uh it's all gonna make sense if previously you thought our podcast did not make sense it will all all eventually make sense yeah it
0: will (laughs) the whole thing uh how was your week eric uh
1: it may have been like the best week of my life wow uh i mean it's hard to make that assertion you know on this end of things but maybe maybe i'll look back and be like that was the best week of my life (laughs) wow
0: (laughs) just so many things
1: yeah well the insane news that we got about adventure guys is a major contributing factor to that but also uh i signed a
0: record contract that is just outrageous i guess
1: I, i can't really give details about that but um and I don't think saying that I've signed a record contract even gives away too much. because no, uh, you just know, leave
0: it there. That, that, are, that in itself is just a big-ass deal. No matter what, it, take whatever the, everything else aside. Congratulations, buddy. That <laughs> <Thanks>. is huge. <laughs> I can't wait for the public to know more about it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a while. And uh, I, I, maybe you could find out more on my Patreon. I've been intimating some details there. Uh, but, you know, I have a lot of irons in the fire. And it could be anything. could be about anything. Could be about anything. Yeah, Um, but yeah, that's that was a huge deal. And uh, oh, and I got my food stamps. Yeah, finally, (laughs) Finally. dude, all coming up, Eric, this week. Yeah, three major events in my life, all in the same week. Three
0: great events. Yeah,
1: dude, it's so nice to be like well nourished for the first time in like three months. (laughs) Yeah, there's
0: a glow to you today. (laughs) Like I started working out
1: again. I'm kind of sore, just because like I. I was like, "Oh man, I'm getting enough protein now. I can mm-hmm. like actually make time in my schedule to to work out and exercise and be healthy.
0: Amazing! Oh, I uh, I exercise this week. I actually I feel healthier this week because I pretty much took the week off drinking. I had uh, two and a half beers last night, uh, <laughs> but the, I didn't drink the entire rest of the week. Which, if if you live in New York City, you will know that's crazy. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of TikTok, I saw someone." Calling that like New York sober is when you're you only drink on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) That's like
1: uh Cali sober, Cali sober is where you just still smoke weed. Yeah, you just smoke
0: weed. That's (laughs) that's Cali sober. New York sober is you only get drunk on the weekends. (laughs) Yeah, okay,
1: okay. I'm New York sober then, sure.
0: Yeah, there you go. And I think I'm gonna try to keep doing it it was so funny like after i didn't drink for five days i I sound like an alcoholic i promise you i'm not it's just (laughs) like i didn't drink most of the pandemic and i come back to new york and it's just that's what you do here it's like it's what that's what the social life and the local economy it's all based around that uh right so it takes like willpower and planning to not drink uh and were you were you
1: drinking i saw that that tiktok you sent. were you down by the water over there were you drinking that night
0: yeah. yeah. Go to Nick P. Harvey on TikTok. Um, I just threw up uh, my first TikTok in a while. No, I was sober when I did that. Oh. <laughs> so sober. It's fun. You know, okay. So that's what I'll say. Sometimes you think if I become sober, will I become boring? You know, it's like, <laughs> and if you see my TikTok, and that's not true, I feel like I get more energy to like care about things. And like the process of drinking kind of doles me a little bit. It kind of Will dull some of my emotions, which I think is like maybe why you do it, right? Because like shit gets so intense and stressful and whatever, so you drink to like chill out, and then you're hungover, and it's kind of nice because you're not feeling feelings, you're just getting through the day. um And now when I take off drinking, I try to zen out. uh Remember some of my Ram Dass that I've read and be like, each moment will pass. The current emotion, be mindful. The current emotion that you're experiencing now will pass. Like. There will be a time within the near future, maybe tomorrow, maybe in an hour or two, where you no longer feel the feelings you feel now. So don't act right now in accordance with your emotions, i.e., be like fuck i just want a fucking beer because this day sucked and then (laughs) all of a sudden that just rolls into six or seven if you're just like i this day sucked but i will be over it in two hours and i don't need to drink anymore and then i'll be excited see how fast i'm talking right now (laughs) this is faster because i've been hung over the last couple of podcasts (laughs) now i'm reading books and exercising um see i think
1: i think there's maybe two different general mindsets in terms of drinking or smoking I, i think i'm the opposite of that where I, I cannot first start drinking or smoking or anything unless I am already in a a space where I'm relaxed and, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, not committed to, you know, uh, like being creative or being responsible and, and like, it's, it's not a way for me to unwind. It's, it's something to do once I'm already unwound.
0: Yeah. Once you're there, you're just like, you know what? Sure. I don't got anything else to do. I can, I can have a couple beers or whatever or get drunk. Yeah, it's yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, some people uh, I have felt the opposite. If you're listening, being like, "What man?" Like when some people are like, "When I get drunk, like I've had like the wildest times ever." And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I still feel like you're capable of if if you can get there as a person, which I think I can, like having fun and being weird uh, without needing the license of being drunk. Because it, like, it does give you a bit of a license. Like if you take some chances socially or act silly. You can just like brush it off and being drunk. But if you're not, you have to deal with reality that that's who you are. And I think that's a lot. That's a lot for people. It's a lot for me sometimes. Um, But I, maybe that's just, I just need to uh, learn that that's who, <laughs> who I am, man. I think it was, it was sometime this past week. Oh, it might've been,
1: I was, I was signing contracts and, making moves and getting paid doing a whole bunch of shit. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm taking tonight off. I think it was like Tuesday or something. And I ate this edible that was like way stronger than I thought it would be. Oh boy. <laughs> I got so insanely high. It was, it was, it was, it got very like difficult. <laughs> oh man. Ugh. But I, I'm so glad that like, I'm not the kind of person that would want to try doing that. Like, in order to accomplish something, it was like nothing needs to
0: be accomplished now. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the bonus app, you'll hear us talk about certain uh, rock myths, I've, or music or artist myths. I think people thinking that substances help them accomplish things, I think that is like such a myth. I, I think people it 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 maybe can those inhibitions kind of like being silly, like you give yourself permission to be silly. Maybe you give yourself permission to like. Access parts of your yourself and your identity that you wouldn't otherwise when you're inebriated, but uh, I think I think a lot of people are starting to talk about that more now. Where it's like, you know, if you're fuck fucked up and hung over and all these things, and like you, you're not gonna get things done, <laughs> you know.
1: I have so much I need to get done. Yeah,
0: ah, uh, me too. That's that's I think that was one of the big impetuses for me to just cool it a little bit on drinking is like. You just go like, man, I just like fucking wasted five hours this morning. Just like trying to be alive versus, (sighs) (laughs) you know, doing anything that I want to do. There's so many, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in that moment, moment, moment in life, early thirties where it's like, all right, I want to do some shit. And now is the fucking time to do some shit. Right. I, um, I found myself
1: working on this project this week, uh, We're going to have to cut this out.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Technical difficulties. (laughs)
1: much fucking work to do. i see i think it's like been the best week of my life but i'm yeah. still like really stressed and have a lot of things to do so i don't know if i'm quite able to make that judgment yet mm-hmm. yeah. it's going to be a hindsight kind of kind of thing yeah <clears throat> oh nice
0: <laughs> all right back to the pod yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was that was difficult those tech technicalies <laughs> n- i don't know <laughs> uh yeah wow what a life we live it's gonna be a great next few weeks, though. That's what i. That's all. Oh I know. my gosh,
1: so much happening next few weeks. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna have some very special episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna be back in Texas for a little while, mm-hmm. so I haven't talked to them yet, but I'm sure we'll be able to get get
0: a holophonic or two back on as a guest. That'll be great. Ugh, can't wait. Maybe we'll do finally get Will and um, Harold like on the same episode.
1: Ooh, we. We could possibly I don't do know, that. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure. But
0: that'd be fun. Okay. I can't wait. Uh yeah. yeah. Oh, so- we
1: are playing Holophonic shows. If any listeners are in Texas or Oklahoma, we're playing Tulsa December third, Dallas, December fourth, and Austin, December 5th. I think that's the first time I've plugged shows
0: on this podcast. Yeah. Well, it's like the first time you've had the chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I would I wish like uh No, we couldn't do this yet, but it would be. Imagine if we could do a live Adventure Guys opening for Holophonics. No one would want that. Imagine you roll up to the punk gig and they're like, "Uh," and the first people go on is just like we're sitting in chairs, like, (laughs) "Welcome to Adventure Guys." That
1: (laughs) I so badly want to do live Adventure Guys. Yeah, like,
0: like, and we and
1: we should we should get a music component happening. Like, we should get Sean to play drums, and either one of us will play bass or guitar. Yeah, and then we'll just have to learn how to play all of our theme songs
0: <laughs> and then bullshit during between the theme songs.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll do an actual podcast, but we'll just,
0: <laughs> that is an insane idea that we've never discussed or i even never even thought of.
1: <laughs> Woo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean, if you're listening, let us know what you think about that. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> He'll be here soon. Nice. Yeah, Sean's coming to town this week. I don't know if we'll have time to do adventure, guys. We should talk about that. Yeah. A lot of things to schedule in the next few weeks. (laughs) A lot to talk about. Um, uh, And a lot of adventure time today to talk about. A lot of BMO to talk about. BMO. This is our
1: BMovember finale. Play that BMovember theme song. (laughs) sync this iPad easily because it's so old and doesn't use the uh, a current operating oh, system
0: dude we never sync anymore
1: we don't have to because they're recording oh, yeah, on the same that's
0: thing
1: that's true <laughs> 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 do you want to sync just to just to make sure
0: old old time sync yeah one two three four one, one two, two three four, four. perfect well they, the best we've ever done they do start at different times this time so no. well you recently Oh,
1: no, because you stopped and started. Yeah.
0: Okay. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Technology. (laughs) If it makes you feel better. Yeah. Episode discussion? (laughs) Episode discussion.
2: Episode discussion.
1: We watched "The More You Mow, the More You Know" part two. Which season and episode number is this?
0: Season seven,
1: episode fifteen. I've lost all count. (laughs) Ever since you've been here in Brooklyn, I have stopped like marking them on my right because you you come
0: to me. Yeah,
1: so maybe I'll I'll update that once we have to go back to
0: randomizing.
1: Yeah, to randomize and doing video stuff, and I'll have my computer in front of me.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what Eric. I love BMO. <laughs> I love that guy shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I know here we are at the end of Bemo November and I learned I love Bemo and this is an e- ep- well the great thing about i mean when BMO has his own episodes it gets it, it gets epic it gets there's journeys, there's missions, there's bravery, yeah. Uh, this was, this was maybe a good episode to do as our last
1: BMO Vember yeah. episode because the other characters were in it a little bit more. It wasn't solely focused on BMO, mm-hmm. uh, but still he was the main, the main guy in this, this yeah. story. I don't really know how the story started because we only did part two.
0: But yeah. And I'll tell you what, at the, uh, yeah, <laughs> we only did part two, but at the beginning, look here, I'll tell you what, at the beginning of this episode, BMO is just a little baby kid. At the end, BMO's grown. <laughs> in these eleven minutes, we see a transformation take place. Um now which is interesting, right? Because I think when you watch this season or this uh show for the first time, this is like a big moment for BMO's. Uh like there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of life happens, which we'll talk about. But in uh even in the we've learned watching these episodes that happened before this, especially the distant lands, which is a prequel, uh BMO's always been pretty uh pretty brave and kind of grown, you know? Yeah. Kind of self-sufficient. Um, Doesn't have a lot of inhibitions. No, but I guess this, there were some real hard truths and realities <laughs> that b had to do. And it not, because sometimes like, you know, I guess in distant lands, it's like in this world that BMO's has never been to or will never be again. So it's kind of just like a passing through sort of a thing. In this episode, we tackle like fundamental identity and familial relationships for BMO. Yes. So we start out and BMO is talking to a large cube. um, And Finn and Jake are with an older robot. Um, Since we didn't watch part one. We're just kind of thrown right into it. (laughs) I think this they're in this, uh, this, this robot is talking to them. It's just Mo, right? Yeah. It, It's BMO's creator Mo
1: in a robotic body.
0: Yes. So he's talking like an old man got a huge like white wig on and even the face of BMO looks really old and he's got this old man voice and he's just reading about specials at the deli store out of the newspaper (laughs) and they look so bored. I mean, it's really one of the most boring things that could happen. Yeah. Now... Honey-baked ham? That's the oldest shit I ever heard. That's the oldest meat you could talk. Right? Can we we talk about those there's honey-baked ham stores? (laughs) Right? It's a big store, like strip malls, that all they sell is honey-baked ham. I've never been to one. You've seen them, though, right? I don't know. Dude, I'm talking, like, too big. Like, you'd think a honey-baked ham would be, like, Radio shack size, right? I'm telling you, I've seen some honey-baked hams out there that are, like, home goods or something where it's, like... Fucking huge! I don't even know what they're selling in there. Honey baked hams. Honey baked hams. I know, but I, I, can you buy like just the honey? Can you buy just the ham? Can you buy the whole baking apparatus? I don't know. I'm like, what do you need a store this huge store for? For any of your honey baked ham needs? Yeah, it's for people like Mo. Who is it for? Old people? Yeah, I mean, there's a time kind of like that we all. I think everyone ate honey. It was a fad for a second. It was like, a, holy shit! Have you ever had a honey baked ham? Like they're so good. It's um. You know, like those those things come and they get. It's like, have you had Brussels sprouts, man? Like, you know what I mean? Like, where it like it's a food fad that that comes and takes by yeah. store. takes the the country.
1: Something about Brussels sprouts, like, are better now than they used to be because like they've changed them. They genetically engineered them. Really? I thought it was just we
0: figured out how to prepare <laughs> Brussels sprouts.
1: I I think when Brussels sprouts first came onto the scene,
0: <laughs> uh, they definitely when sucked. They, it, well, that was, that was what we were told to think by things like our favorite cartoons. It was right. the devil of all like foods. They they smelled. I think it's because yeah. pe- the way people were preparing them, they got really soggy. Like a boiled Brussels sprout is disgusting.
1: Yeah. But I think because they were so unpopular and just so maligned within pop culture, uh, that, you know, one of the huge fucking, uh, what's the uh
0: lobbies the
1: uh
0: farms what
1: yeah, like the huge like agricultural companies yeah. like, the
0: what's the the monsanto
1: monsanto, yeah, they like own like genetic imprints of plants and shit, I think they just genetically engineered Brussels sprouts to taste different,
0: holy shit,
1: and they got a lot better because of that, but they're nowhere near what the original Brussels sprouts from pop culture of of your actually were so i think brussels sprouts are more taste tasty now than than they were like because of an actual like event like something changed them
0: yeah that's interesting i'm i'm googling right now um google theme song (laughs) um (laughs) fuck yeah i mean genetically modified like i mean just the whole gmo shit um which is like a really hard i have to read up about like gmos again because it became like this thing where people were like fuck i don't want anything gmo in my body but then it's like wait if we don't do gmos how are we going to feed everybody in the entire world
1: well here's here's okay my analysis not being uh you know, a food scientist. Yeah. Or or, or a botanist or genealogist or anything. Um, I mean, GMOs are everything like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like selective breeding and that kind of thing. So, um, there's no actual chemicals and they're totally safe to eat. Uh, the problem with GMOs is that these huge corporations are then owning like plant DNA. And, Like Ooh, yeah, so like if you get a hold of like the seeds from like one of their crops because like the wind fucking blew it over to your independent farm and then you start planting those seeds, like they can sue you because they have like ownership over a fucking DNA helix, like, and
0: that could get real sick. That's that's some bad future stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, when you look like a hundred years down the line, and this one company owns the patent to to uh, of of brussels sprouts or like. Greens just in general, just all the greens is with one. Then they have it like as a grip, they can set the price, they fix the market. I don't uh, ooh, that's bad. Um yeah, like
1: if you can patent like plant DNA, like can you then genetically engineer pigs for like certain kind of pork and then like you own yeah. a certain kind of animal, the exclusive rights to that? Like, how the fuck does that work? And then once we're cloning humans and shit, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, see it just go down the line. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. A slippery slope. It's yeah. capitalism. Oh,
1: boy. Was, it's not of, a fall in this system. It's a design feature. Now,
0: okay, now speaking of capitalism, I was curious. Um, in this episode, we see some flashback stuff, and Mo, who created BMO, and created a bunch of other uh, Mo's um, at this factory, and we see Finn and Jake meeting bmo right like i guess like were they buying bmo like was mo making these things and then selling them like was this a business that mo was running uh
1: i believe bmo is unique and he was it was made for mo's son like his actual
0: human son oh and then something happened to the son and then finn and jake just show up per chance, and he's like you guys have bmo so i'm not
1: obviously like we totally missed part one and then we missed, I think the precursor episode from a few seasons back, which is called be more. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think like once Mo's son was out of the picture, whether the son never happened or died or whatever. So I don't know how, how it all shakes out, but then maybe BMO went into space to like find new opportunities, new playmates. And maybe that's what the together again, (sighs)
0: specials just was like you know i gotta go off. i gotta go off into space <laughs> but in the in, yeah, the, in, well, the, in the in the flashback don't we see Bimo? don't we see mo giving bmo to finn and jake but then distant lands he like crashes and and just finds them wait
1: mo didn't give
0: it okay did i did we see that i thought i thought we did because he because amo is like i heard about your new family and we see finn and jake at the factory talking to mo
1: that might have been from the Be more episode, okay,
0: yeah, we j- this is where this format's really starting to bite us in the ass <laughs> anyway, it doesn't seem like a money making operation, so okay, there we go. Well, anyway, old man, they're born Finn and Jake. They play Hayman. um we're going back to the <laughs> oh, okay, oh yeah, so this is this is what what I was the road I was starting down, uh,
1: given what we know at the end of the episode about Mo in his robotic body, yeah. Are the things that he's doing with Finn and Jake, like reading deli menus and playing hangman, are these just the activities of a typical old person or are they something that a machine who can only think literally would do? A machine without imagination.
0: Right. All right. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's, it's the literal thing. So here's the high level view of what happens in this episode. So you can just like catch up if you're. I uh, don't know what the fuck we're talking about, which I don't even know anymore. You're
1: in good company if that's the case. Yeah.
0: So here's the thing. Finn and Jake with this old robot, um, Bimo, is at the, the laboratory where he was created as well as all the other MOs. He meets this block, this cube, and the cube is giving him some um, really good history on like what went down and says hey we need to get out of here we you need to go into this room and unlock something it's the room of Amo which was made just before Bimo and Amo didn't have imagination like Bimo and thus didn't like learn how to be to to love or be loved and made him violent and uh, had to be done bemo and the cube head back to the treehouse where the old man robot is revealed to be Amo and is um hates bmo says i'm better than bmo's trash i'm better than bmo and it's like ostensibly gonna uh kind of like trap finn jake and neptor and maybe even kill them uh it would seem until bmo shows up and has a showdown and ultimately has to kill his brother amo uh before really having to grapple with am i any different than amo am i what am i am I? what my parents gave me am I my own thing. And I found the same tracks and brother, um, before realizing that, no, I'm BMO and I can take what my family gave me and then combine it with what I have to live forward. And that is the app. Some intense shit, some intense shit goes down. Um, but yeah, so then it's interesting. So BMO's at the factory with this cube. Now is the cube, is that like, I don't know what
1: the cube is. Okay. I I forget.
0: I thought it was like all the other Mo's that had like combined into one, um,
1: I mean, you should be stoked about the cube.
0: I love the cube. Like, I called him the cube right away.
1: <laughs> there's some pretty serious cubes in Adventure Time.
0: I, it, it, it makes... It's the best.
1: I mean, we have a character literally named Cuber who's got a little cube suspended above his head.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that guy. God,
1: fuck. I wonder if there's any I don't I haven't talked
0: about the cube on live on the podcast. I think it was just a couple of weeks ago you talked about the cube on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well... I mean, we'll talk about another time, maybe if I actually <laughs> go through with the cube, but which uh, is a tattoo idea of a cube. But uh, yeah, so it's funny. The cube, though, the cube, I was like, is the cube going to be cool or is the cube fucked or like what's going on? And uh, he tells Amo to be able to go into Amo's room. And I don't remember how he gets there, but he goes on this rant about being loved and not being able to love and the rich get richer. Do, do you remember he like slid that in there like it was just like opening the door to the metaphor right of, or some sort of ANCAP
1: cap yeah kind of <laughs> allegory but I, it was too fast and and you know rapid
0: fire and confusing for me to really catch what was happening. I know <laughs> um and then he's like look and then he's kind of like we haven't heard we don't know where Mo is he went offline because Mo after dying uploaded his consciousness into a thing like yeah, a hard it, drive
1: it's it's sort of left. Unclear whether Mo is really dead. Dead. He says his body is conking out. Yeah, and his mind is being tra- like transferred or recorded to that drive. So it's a fun. I guess it's a fun sort of thought experiment, uh, and you can compare it to the BMO episode, uh, or I think we talked about it as a general theme from the Islands miniseries mm-hmm. where these. Oh yeah, Finn's mom is like, is that really her? Is that her soul, her mind that's like recorded into this computerized version, or is it just a copy?
0: Yeah, is it is it like kind of an AI version where it's like acting in accordance with the past experiences of Finn's mom?
1: Yeah. I I kinda like it being left to ambiguity that yeah. we don't that Mo could possibly still or a version of Mo's soul could live on he's he doesn't say he's dying he says his body's conking out which is a really great hair to split
0: <laughs> yeah oh man it's yeah and, and and we all we learned this from an amo over uh like telling us what happened so so anyway the cube is like they're like hey it, his brain's gone offline like we don't know where mo is and then is like well mo is at my uh the treehouse with my friends and he goes well did Mo have like a cannon on his head? And he's like, no, he didn't. And then BMO realizes, but he had this insanely large wig on, which means that it's probably under the wig. And then the cube is like, we got to go. You need to carry, put me on your back and carry me there. And the, this cube is huge. I'm talking like a seven foot tall by eight foot wide by 10 feet deep cube. Like it's fucking big. This thing's bigger than a car and uh and right. Bimo's such it, a specific request you need to put
1: me on your head and carry me that it seems outlandish and mm-hmm. even Bimo thinks it's an outlandish request.
0: I, it that's just Bimo. Bimo lives in the outlands. <laughs> 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 and and then and he's like Bimo, you are stronger than you know and I am lighter than you know. <laughs> Which hadn't even occurred to me because it's like st- it looks like it's made of steel which you're like that that shit's heavy
1: right it could be a, just aluminum or something yeah you you think they're setting it up for like some sort of bemo super saiyan moment where he will realize his inner strength and 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 be able to carry this huge thing but also it's it's actually not a big deal
0: <laughs> yeah it's not a big deal then we go back and uh the old man robot is sitting in the um snow fake crying and is like wow wah 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 <laughs> bandits stole my legs. <laughs> and they're like, sorry, Mo, we shouldn't have left you here alone. Yeah, it's like, they're like, whoa, pick me up, please carry me, Finn.
1: Yeah, I noticed that Finn and Jake don't say that they'll catch the bandits and get his legs back. They just say that they'll avenge his legs.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. We will avenge your legs. And Jake is like, fed up. Like, basically before this, they played a game of Hangman uh, that took hours, it looked like. And the, um, answer to the hangman was Burgess Meredith, <laughs> yeah. and Jake doesn't know who it is. Then they do like, well, let's play another game. Is Bo- there, a, is there, a, is that a reference? Is there a person named Meredith Burgess? Uh, you no, know, it's Burgess. It's Burgess. It's not Burgess. Cause Finn, well, they
1: mispronounce. Uh, I'm assuming that this is one of those things that like, uh, got sort of mistranslated through the ages, yeah. like where they, mis- they don't know how to pronounce Beethoven, for example. Like, is there a person M- Meredith Burgess?
0: Well. Hold on, please. Because I want to make sure I find the right uh, um, like explanation for this. <laughs> because I believe it's an actor.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, it's actually Burgess Meredith.
0: Yeah. The actor in the Twilight Zone. Oh, was the Penguin in the original Batman TV series, which I loved as a kid. Um, Oh, was Mickey in fucking Rocky.
1: Oh, man. I haven't seen Rocky in like a million years.
0: He's the, you gotta get him, Ruck. You know, he's like at the the (laughs) fucking training thing. Um, Yeah. And so he was fucking huge. Clash of the Titans of Mice and Men. Jesus Christ, what a career. Yeah, before our times, though. Yeah, before our times. Um, and it's it's Meredith, although, uh, Jake definitely it's it's definitely Burgess Meredith, and he definitely calls her calls him Burgess Meridite. Yeah, which is like a weird mispronunciation. Who the? Did you say who the fuck is Burgess Meridite? <laughs> Burgess Meridite. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Jake's had enough of this old fucking robot. It's like, come on. Oh, forgot to say, which I point out while you're watching. He, uh, the robot goes, well, call me grandpa. He says that like the second thing he says, like, call me grandpa. I am your grandpa robot. And, <laughs> and you were like, did you say call me grandpa? <laughs> and my thought my logic here was, is that this is Mo. So this is Bimo's dad, right? Creator of BMO and BMO. Is Jake's dad because he always <laughs> calls Jake my son? Yeah. <laughs> so it really does make sense that this is a grandpa. Yes, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, maybe you know this is—that's one of those things that
1: like makes sense syntactically, yeah, but not symbolically or semiotically.
0: <laughs> no, uh, well said.
1: The, the syntax is correct. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I by the way, I love. Uh, the Mars Volta's lyrics because there's so much correct syntax where the semiotics is just off the walls. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of my favorite contradictions.
0: S- Establishing your own internal logic or something, <laughs> right? Just because the the
1: order of the words, like the language, makes sense, or like the rhythm in which you would speak it makes sense, you're just supposed to assume a semiotic meaning. Uh. I I love that contradiction. It's all over the Mars Volta lyrics. Yeah.
0: Hey, stay tuned for more Mars Volta talk in the bonus <laughs> clip of today's episode. Yeah, and there's tons of it in Adventure Time and tons of it in BMO. Yes. BMO loves it. Um, it, And there's there's more of it. And okay, so anyway, he's BMO's coming back with the cube on his head. <laughs> they found, they the bandits stole the old guy's legs. They go and, the, and he's clearly framed Nepter. Nepter is knocked out fucking cold in this weird cave there's snow on the ground and the the legs are like in neptor's like mouth or something and they're like wait what the fuck happened and um the the, the guy's just sort of like uh the the old man says something about don't you guys you guys love me like never leave me again like you love me more than bemo and jake's like whoa man like (laughs) you're all right and finn's like yeah you're cool but we love BMO. He's like literally our best friend. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, and I think Jake's like, yeah, man, be cool. Like, which is just a hilarious, it's a fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, and then he says, Bemo is trash.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Terrible. Like that, like the tenor immediately changes. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't fucking call BMO trash. No, like you don't do that. And the face clear gets... violation.
0: Yeah, no, that is not cool because like, we all everyone who's ever set foot in this universe knows BMO is not trash
1: everyone like e, like even the so-called villains of this universe nobody has beef with BMO.
0: no they only have beef because bemo might stand in their way but it's not personal beef it's not like anything to do with bemo's character if anything bemo's character is so great especially for given the package that it poses a threat and that is it it's not you know what i mean like <laughs> so to call bemo's character into question is like fucking out of bounds <laughs> on all account and accord you know yeah that's some real outland shit <laughs> mm, no not cool not cool by me and then the wig comes off the old man face disappears and it's revealed to be Amo or Amo. You would say Amo, AMO. but, but does, was bebo calling him Amo or Amo? I guess just I, I, accent or
1: I, I, something with the cube was another kind of Mo. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember
0: <laughs> the cube.
1: <clears throat> There's all sorts of mo's I was thinking when we were talking about GMOs, like, I wonder what, <laughs> what, what the GMO, GMO. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like a stock of corn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny um and then amo okay okay so then amo does have this thing on the cannon head, kind of like hubert where it's like there's like a floating cube it's like a floating cannonball it can conjure up and then fire off and then it just slams jake and finn in the head and they get knocked out inside of this cave yeah
1: the mechanics of this particular apparatus i was a little bit Hung up on it. I was like, what exactly is happening? Like, what? what is this robot
0: able to do? Like, what? I
1: don't understand. No.
0: Okay. Like, I'll
1: suspend my disbelief. Yeah, I, There there was just a moment of hang-up before I was able to. And,
0: and now we're in this heightened drama of the episode because you know that Amo is bad news. You know our heroes have been hit and you're hoping that BMO and the cube can come back to save the day. Now, before we get into what happens, I also was curious about Amo's, like, head cannonball firing thing why did mo build that into Amo? (laughs) was because because bmo was for his son Amo was we were supposed to believe was the first prototype of it that didn't work out yeah but but it's like if this is for your son why are you building a deadly weapon into it (laughs) Uh, uh, like maybe if this is a security robot sure uh some of those plot details might have been
1: in part 1. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, 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 that. I think we probably got some more mythology about Amo in part 1. Yeah. Um being oh, like Amo okay. was the second version and like here's like here's how the first version went and it, and then in part 2 it's like, "Oh, by the way, when you thought the first version was gone, it's actually still in the sure. game." So like more of a dramatic twist than we were able to appreciate, but no. I, th- I think maybe some Amo mythology happens in part one.
0: Okay, cool. So then Bimo's there and, uh, is like, yo, the fuck you doing? Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. And, uh, and I'm trying to see if there's any good quotes. Cause there was a, lo- a lot, in here. Um, Oh, here's a great one. Uh, he's like, Amo, what are you doing? And they have like this, like standoff and BMO says, um, look into my face or look at my face you have absolutely gone too far and like is standing up and like is really like taking on the hero role of the episode and amo is yelling and then um they like tussle right until they're at the top of this cliff and then yeah bemo gets his face cracked again yeah amo starts, that happened a lot amo starts shooting the the um cannonballs at bmo and bmo yeah and a- AMO he, he's was
1: like, already dispatched Finn and jake with these
0: cannonballs. yeah and he's like i don't even want to look at you uh bmo get out of here and it's firing cannonballs bmo gets hit face cracked and then st- immediately stands up and starts charging at amo while amo is missing with the cannonballs um he, like, he
1: gets a glancing blow on his arm bmo's arms hanging yeah. off by oh, wires but before
0: this happens amo does go on a great villain rant about why he's doing what he's doing. Now we all know why when you, you have the kill shot, right? This is a classic. Like you, Amo could have just fucking ended BMO after cracking his face. Could have just like pummeled three more cannonballs in and and won the day. But in true villain fashion, Amo's like, hold up. I'm going to explain why this is all fucked. (laughs) Do you want to explain what, what the backstory that, uh, Amo says, uh,
1: well, uh, that's just where Amo reveals that Mo is, yeah.
0: conked out. Well, and there, there was some extra, um, funny thing he said. Amo says, Af- "I came back home after a long pilgrimage where I discovered some awful things about myself." That was like, "Whoa, this is some epic like Bible stuff right here." <laughs> um, and comes back in. He's like, "I want to ask Mo questions about me because I just." discover disturbing things about myself to Mo is dying and says, Amo, please take my consciousness and send it up to the stars so I can live there forever. But since Mo never loved him, no one ever loved him. I decided to ignore Mo's last. request. Oh yeah. So mean. Oh, what a fucking dick. And then, and then he takes out under his, his like takes out and goes like, and here's the consciousness. He's like, and it's like holding it. It's like, holy shit. Is Amo going to destroy Mo's consciousness and memories and that's what triggers BMO to like charge um and then then the death I mean explain the death you could you could say it better than I could
1: uh so right so BMO is able yeah he's charging and he's able to like jump on top of AMO yeah and this is where this cannonball thing is is weird like okay they've established the mechanic that like Amo can conjure a cannonball above his head and then fire it. So BMO manages to hang on to a, a cannonball after it's conjured, but before it's fired. Yeah. <laughs> and as he's hanging on, Amo then fires it, but Bimo holds the cannonball in place while Amo fires himself backwards.
0: Right, because it seems like the energy that was normally transferred like given to the cannonball to launch forward is now then just put back because of BMO holding it. It shoots the uh, ammo back.
1: Yeah. I mean, I questioned the physics of this whole arrangement, but mm-hmm.
0: it weirdly make made s- syntax like, <laughs> in the context. Like it made sense in the moment. Like now that you're breaking it down, I guess it doesn't, but <laughs>
1: yeah, right.
0: Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> AMO goes into a cliff and BMO has most consciousness, the cannonball. And uh, Finn, Jake, and Nepter, and the Cube come up and go, "Hey, buddy, we uh, we caught the end of that. Some some pretty rough stuff there." <laughs> the Cube is like, "Hey, Bimo, if you come back with us to the factory, you can be our leader now. Like you're the one." He goes, "I'm just a little boy. I'm not grown enough to to be a leader. Or actually, maybe I'm too grown. I think I just killed somebody." <laughs> I have a lot to think about. So fucked up. I have a lot to think about. You guys go on without me and then like goes to the top of the cliff, sits there to just like reflect on what happened. Jake, let's have a, okay, uh, sorry, your birthday was weird, BMO. <laughs> right.
1: This whole time is Bimo's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's why this was set into motion, this mm-hmm. chain of events. I think in part For BMO's one,
0: birthday every year, Mo does something for BMO or. Yeah. I I don't remember what I forget what it was, but there's there is a ceremony or a ritual.
1: Yeah. So this is sort of a coming of age story for BMO.
0: Mm-hmm. And BMO always wants to be grown. Like that's part of like the the fantasies of, of BMO and such. And now that it's happening, kinda like when you're a kid, you're like, you just I just want to be an adult. And then the real shit starts to go down and you're just like, okay, whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like BMO's always fantasizing being like authority figures, like mm-hmm. the sheriff that it detective or yeah. uh but i think he sees himself still as a little boy it's it yeah it's it's confusing and then we get you know the classic bimo
0: soliloquy right and we and bimo is there thinking and as he starts thinking about what's happened we get the disembodied bimo which we've now seen 3 times this month yeah. which is like a visual representation of bimo thinking reflecting and figuring out who he is and this we actually saw i think it was in distant lands where there's like um i think it's six or seven different bmos in the different colors of the rainbow the
1: roy g biv yeah yeah
0: surrounding bmo and this one they do it really cool where the first one comes up and each successive one gives um an additional thought that almost sort of counters the thought that came before it
1: i guess it's some cool symbolism
0: yeah and and in it, it's cool. It's sort of like, you know, when you have a conversation, you're truly reflecting. And I think what, what BMO, basically what BMO is getting at is sort of just like, okay, whoa, so Mo is gone now. And whatever Mo wanted to teach me uh, has to have been taught or it is inside me now. And I have to go without Mo. But then if I just go based off of what, Mo has taught me that's what Amo did. And Amo, look at how Amo I just killed Amo. (laughs) He just killed my fucking brother. And he he was trying to kill others. So, like, if I just go off what's inside me, who's to say it's not gonna go wrong? Until he remembers that the cube said Amo went wrong because Amo lacked the imagination to see what the world could be. Amo only saw what the world was and couldn't accept love. And he goes, so I have to then trust what's inside of me. Like, and if I can't, and the quote was, if I can't trust in no one, I can trust in me.
1: Yeah. it It's a pivotal point in BMO's character development. It seems like it's the closest we really get to any self-actualization from this character. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's interesting when we were searching for the episode that we noticed Angel Face is only... Two episodes after
0: this i know it, it really feels like angel face should have come before this
1: well i think angel face is an interesting outlier okay uh in the bemo pantheon because i think we've talked a lot about how Bimo's not really able to discern what's imagination mm-hmm. what's reality yeah. like all of the episodes we've watched have happened before for Vember have happened chronologically before uh this th- this episode yeah um Especially the Distant Land special. That's like a prequel to everything. And that's when BMO is like sort of the, at his most outrageous out there. Um, Angel Face, I think, is the first time that we see a little bit of um, acknowledgement that there's... Oh, right, right, like, right. Like a, like a play act scenario. Yeah,
0: because he's, he's written the... Uh, lines for other people to give instead of just like pretending like in the other one we watched last week, Bimo's like fooling himself almost into thinking this is all reality, or that no, was two weeks ago um with with Steve. um and yeah. and then this one, Bimo's like accepted that it's fake, still wants to enjoy it and he's right. given everyone lines and parts. And-
1: yeah, yeah. and like he's set up all the the scenes and and, and 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 like all the sets. They're all there, like in advance. Like he's planned it all out. So, I, I I mean, we did our Angel Face review a long-ass time ago. Yeah. I think if we reviewed Angel Face now, like, we'd have a much different spin on it. Yeah, we would. Because um, it, it really seems like, at that point in the series, BMO has become aware at a level that he previously was not. It's true. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Still a very imaginative character, but just has... A little bit more context to where that imagination begins and ends.
0: It's true, and I think the word self actualization is the right way to look at this moment because it's like, shit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the only thing I have to go off is like my own self and set of experiences and what I see and what I deem to be correct. and It's almost like Bimo accepting that I am who I am, and yeah. yeah. I
1: I wonder if this recontextualizes any of the other episodes we've watched with BMO. Like any BMO episode that happens from like the second half of season seven on. Uh-huh. The, uh Like the the episode we watched from the Islands miniseries oh, where he's like in the right, Matrix. Right.
0: Uh
1: that seems to be like a like a willing retreat into like an actual physical artificial system. Like he 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 plugs into that whole matrix like environment. Mm-hmm. It seems to be in a way, like like he's very aware and willing to go into that. And he doesn't necessarily have to create it with his own imagination. So he understands there's a difference of what's happening there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like the most, you know. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, I, think, I think later BMO in the series is...
0: Is uh, changed by this experience. Yeah,
1: this, this might be the pivotal BMO episode, actually.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can't. We gotta like take, make sure, remember to take stock of this as we go on into the future. <laughs> wow. Yeah, really big, heavy episode. Oof. And and but Bimo sits there and, what it does have some nice closure. So Bimo, like after going around the, that circle of thoughts, coming to realization, Bimo sits there and just goes, "What a long day. I'm tired and sleeps." And then a memory pops out of Mo's hard drive consciousness, and it's him finishing creating Bimo, right? And just says, "I'm proud of you." and kisses BMO on the face and Bimo's like tired in that memory too.
1: Yeah. Uh really sweet ending. It fades to black. It doesn't it's not like an ironic
0: like No, it fades to black for we uh, for seconds like to really just let you have that moment, let it sink in before the uh the end music. Yeah. V- which is rare. Oof, yeah.
1: Can't wait till next year's BMO November when we get to watch
0: part 1. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it will be less satisfying than this one, but it's okay. Uh, so is the time to play Did You See the Snail? It is.
1: Well, Nick, did you see the snail?
0: No. Eric, did you see the snail?
1: Yes, I saw the snail. Ugh. Oh. And I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't see it. Oh wow! Because the first time we wa- we saw the snail on screen, you were like kind of not paying attention. Yeah, you were on your phone doing something. I
0: was taking that, I was looking at something. Yeah,
1: and then you were like, "Hold on, we gotta we gotta run it back so I can catch what happened." So we got a second opportunity to see the snail. Oh wow! And you still missed it. Oh my god,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's embarrassing fuck I almost feel like I'm gonna have to write a new fucking song at some point because everyone's hearing this one so much
1: yep play that congratulations Eric theme song
0: Uh. one second one second I'm sorry congratulations (laughs) (laughs)
2: Champion.
0: <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> All right. Um, if you're enjoying the pod, hey, stop. Well, don't stop listening, but but whatever you're doing, if you're running <laughs> on the treadmill <laughs> or folding laundry, you can stop that activity while you, you keep listening. I, stop driving. Yeah, stop driving. Pull over. Pull over. <laughs> I need your attention. What you need to do is, is go into the... Uh, a podcast app, and then you just give us a five star review, and you need to write a little thing, be like, "Fuck, Eric's songs are so goddamn great." <laughs> with eight A's, um, or eight eights, that would be too. That's my favorite way to spell great. Uh, great eight <laughs> eight 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 of the eights, and uh, and then and then publish because that would help us a lot with the podcast and people finding us. Uh, yeah, that that would be a favor to us. Thank you. Okay, keep driving now. <laughs> I hope the. Freeways, free and clear. Okay. Time for Miscellany Mania. Mm-hmm. You may not know, will show
2: you all the trivia. In Mania.
0: So I did want, you know. I think the Burgess Meredith was a really fun one <laughs> that they just teed up for us, which we've, uh,
1: is it related to anything or is it just, just a random tidbit?
0: I think it's just like, oh, um, I think, okay, here it does say stuff in here. I think it was mainly a, just a, like a perfect old person thing that young people wouldn't know. Okay. It says in here that the Moe's voice actor did star. In uh, the movie Foul Play with Burgess Meredith. Oh, okay. Because um, we are getting the regular voice
1: actor of Mo, mm-hmm. even though we know it's not really him,
0: right? Um, I mean, he was obviously, like I said before, famously in the Twilight Zone, which feels like a you know something that's probably an influence on Adventure Time.
1: Uh, this episode was storyboarded by Steve Wolfhard and Tom Herpich
0: sweet and you got to remember to always throw that in there. Um it did air, if you're seeing, it aired as a half hour special. Cuz when we went to uh um HBO Max to watch it, it was just put together. Online it it it's separated out, but it seems that's really meant to be watched as as one thing, but not on adventure guys.
1: Oh, the cube's name is Almo.
0: <laughs> Almo. <laughs> right now, I believe Almo is like Maybe Amo went fucking ballistic, you know, and like destroyed the other Mows, and, oh, they and they're all just trash that or compacted together, compacted together into to a cube. That's <laughs> all of them, and their consciousness <laughs> are all together.
1: I guess we'll find out on part one next year.
0: Yeah, I believe, <laughs> and probably be more. We'll probably watch that right next year. Maybe we'll see. We got a whole year. Got a lot of Bimo
1: episodes to cover. Yeah. Uh, here's a little fact. It looks like the Adventure Time wiki changed their font.
0: <laughs> what?
1: Don't you notice the header fonts are all different than last week? Oh, yeah.
0: I, act, it, actively being worked on. We should like reach out to someone and get them on the pod. We use them all the time. Yeah, one of, one of the wiki editors
1: or something. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Who are these people? Maybe they're listening right now. They're, I
0: found some of them are on Twitter. Like they're They're around. Yeah. Um I don't know. That's the good stuff. It's cool that this was shown at Comic-Con. Uh I it would have been <laughs> I've never really watched any of the Comic-Con videos. I I need to engage with some more of the uh, behind the scenes content of the show.
1: Yeah, you obviously i read the book. You know, after the series ended, it seems like they really didn't like follow up on any of that kind of thing. It was like pretty much just only while new episodes were airing that they did a whole lot. And even though the, the fandom endures, the legacy is still very strong. I don't see a lot of like official Cartoon Network stuff about Adventure Time. And they're still doing the Distant Land specials and everything. And they have Fiona and Kate queued up for next year. So, like, I kind of wonder why there's not more of a convention presence of Adventure Time currently. Well, I mean, there's not much of a convention presence of anything right no, now. No, right
0: now. But it seems, I mean, I guess they did like comics and stuff, but it does seem like a property. That you would want to keep putting out little morsels of to like give to the fandom to keep them engaged, and you keep putting out these new episodes. Like y- you'd think there's like a catalog department, like not current shows, but we're gonna keep marketing like the really popular shows. You know, uh, uh, like we have that. I got uh, at Atlantic Records and Warner Music Group. We have a a ca- like a team of people who are like doing that, like to keep it out in the ether and stuff. I, I would say, you know regular show. I dude, I go on a on the internet, I see a lot of regular show memes and clips and stuff. Uh really, I don't. There's people they'll they'll like do clips and be like, "Yo, regular show was fucked for this one." And it'll just be like an <laughs> insane moment. Uh yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'm <clears> surprised <throat> that there's not more of that out there. I think there's a Stephen
1: Universe convention called Empire City Con. Mm-hmm. I think it happened like, recently, like, last week or a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it's about to, I don't know. But I think it's the last one. Like, I think they're going to stop it mm. now. Um, I wonder if there's going to be ever an Adventure Time convention, like, specifically. Yeah. Maybe if Fiona and Cake really takes off.
0: Yeah. That would be a really good moment for it. Because we have to go if there's ever a oh, yeah Adventure Time convention. Oh, yeah. We'll have to fly. <laughs> Do some shit. Hopefully, they do it, East Coast. That would be amazing. That'd be great, guys. Thanks. Maybe, even if like, somewhere like Toronto, we like fucking road trip. Yeah.
1: Although Cartoon Network is in LA. LA.
0: I know. That's why I figured fly. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Is that it for the Mania? Um,
1: yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, what happens next? Can we pick an episode for next
0: week? We should, but. Um, I don't know what next week's episode is going to be. <laughs> should we like hold off and and figure out because we have all we've we have people coming into town. We have uh this this, this some of this big news that's going to affect the trajectory. That should we just hold and then like fig- well, regardless of what happens for the
1: next episode yeah. of Adventure Guys, we should have a topic. There should be an episode of Adventure Time to put on the <laughs> on the header yeah. <laughs> you know? alright
0: let's uh, run that gen what are we gonna watch next week what are we gonna watch go.
2: it's
1: the uh, okay so we're gonna go back to a random number generator episode 128 what is that
0: Oh, I think we did this one. I think it's another uh, five short Grey Bulls. Yeah. Didn't we do that? Another five more short? Yeah, we did that. <laughs> Running again. 161. Sad face. We have not done that one. Sad face? Yeah. I don't even know what that's about. Um, It <laughs> is... Whoa, this sounds fucked up. <laughs> All right, great. Perfect. Um, Thanks, everybody. S- season six, episode five. Yep. Sad face. Sad face. Um, thanks again. I appreciate you pulling over your car before to give us a five star review on iTunes. That was really cool of you. If you want to support us more, you can go to anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast and give us a couple cents a month. That would be
1: cool. Will it let you do that? Or is the minimum amount you can donate like 99 cents?
0: That's probably right.
1: You always say a a couple pennies, but I, I I think that's logistically impossible.
0: um, let me oh yeah, you can't even do that. It's 99 cents. <laughs> but that's that's still cents.
1: Right. You can't even put in a custom amount there. How
0: about that? You should be able to. You can on Patreon. Yeah. By the way, Eric patreon.com slash Eric Dano. Um,
1: Lots of big shit happening there. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh tune in next week because we don't really know what it's gonna be, but something big is gonna happen for next week's episode.
0: Yeah. Or in the next in the next few weeks, there's just gonna be we're I think it was it's, be- it's been in person was big, a season two launch was big, in person guests has been big, and we're just gonna keep on building out through the rest of the year. There's yeah. gonna be good shit. I promise you. Ooh, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, good app. Good app. Peace out, y'all.
1: The, the second Mr. Krabs has that super chromatic chord. Oh yeah. With I'm the like with the B double flat. Like, uh, <laughs> Wait, play it play it again. <laughs> Which version? Do you want do me to the one that I just had? With the new with the guy riffing?
0: Nah, that
1: they're what, what, where is the original version? Is this Cuz I, have, I have it. Um, just sent the whole chain of them to a <clears throat> yeah. You're uh you're not recording on your track. Yeah. Check. <clears throat> there we go. Oh, here we go.
2: SpongeBob, SpongeBob, Patrick, Patrick, Sandy,
1: Sandy, Sandy, <laughs> Mr. Krabs, Mr. Krabs, Mr. Krabs, Squidward, 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 plankton plankton,
2: plankton, 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 Patrick, Gary, Gary, Gary.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. when it gets to, when it gets to <laughs> the plankton and it's just on the f,
0: the repeated f.
1: Plankton, Plankton, Plankton. And Pl- since
0: I learned how to sing it. That's the first time that she holds on uh, Plankton for four times. Before that, the most anything happens is three times. There's <laughs> three Sandys and three Mr. Krabs. And I think four Planktons, one Patrick, and then three or four Yeah, the,
1: the Plankton is where the drama heightens. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, here. Before, here's the harmony
2: spongebob spongebob patrick patrick sandy 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 mr krabs mr krabs mr krabs squidward squidward, squidward. now it
1: settles down again
2: plankton 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 patrick gary gary
0: gary <laughs> oh you hear the last gary yeah. the last gary she like she, she switched it <clears throat>
1: oh man yeah uh, man the harmony is just so inventive
0: yeah i know who whoever whoever like wrote that because that because there's all these other variations like the dude on cello and then i saw one today which was on like a mac like an old school mac um here wait wait, hold on one second this is this is, this is this is like very adventure guys here we go that's like a really <laughs> old apple computer <laughs> Yep, and it's 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 the same it's the same arrangement.
1: I wanna I wanna Roman numeral like that whole thing out and then steal it and write it into all of my songs.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) I gotta do steal at least the (laughs)
2: lizard.
1: Fucking your your best friend Lizzo. Oh,
0: yeah, if only. Have I, have
1: you like worked with her or done anything with her recently?
0: No. I don't work with her anymore, sadly. I bet she likes adventure time. I'm I'm gonna Google that right now. I bet
1: she only likes anything. I don't think that she dislikes any it's like she's too positive of a person. I know. <laughs> it's either she likes it or there's not room for the consideration.
0: Right. But she but she likes cool stuff. Famously Um, She said one of her early big inspirations on being a front person was uh, Cedric Bixler-Zavala.
1: Really? Holy shit. I did not know that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to find it. It's online. She did like a Vogue interview and they were like, they do like the songs of our life. And a lot of times it's funny because they'll do like Phineas songs of my life and he's like 22 or something. (laughs) So it's, (laughs) you know, and it's like... uh, What
1: fucking life have you lived?
0: (laughs) Right. But it's, it's all songs. She's like, oh, when I was eight, I liked this song. And then when I was... 12 i liked this song and like whatever and Lizzo's at least like early 30s now um so she's (laughs) able to be like high school and then in college i was like a huge prog head and then i was like into missy Elliott, and then i was like trying to do this rap thing and i met prince and then so she's had like a whole she's from uh minneapolis right yeah Yeah. okay so so like she got a, a thing going with like a local girl rap group um that her current dj was in as well and i and like they like sold out uh first avenue or or seventh street entry or something like the the, one of the big local clubs and like prince took notice and invited her over and that was like one of her first big things then she like got in with uh one of bonnie vera's producers brian burton they made like all these records Like she had like such a long time of like doing it before she like even like landed on exactly like how to be perfectly lizzo
1: yeah man i uh i remember after she won like the best new artist Grammy, yeah. right? Like she uh, did she
0: win or she I know she was nominated. Or nominated nom- I don't know nom- what it nominated.
1: Was. Yeah. She um she tweeted something like, Yeah, uh, you know, honored for best new artist, but you know, if by new you mean like spent the last eight years like grinding it out, living in my car, like, you know, yeah, then sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what new means. Yeah. Like, and that was really refreshing to hear.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she, it's funny too, because she was like from Houston. Like, she, she really didn't come. It's just like the story of today. Like, you get into somebody and then you're like, oh, fucking King Francis is cool. And it's like the heir to the Macy's fortune. And you're just like, ah, well, I still like the music and it's interesting or whatever, but it's like, huh. Uh, I don't know why, like, I shouldn't have this feeling, but like, when someone literally, yeah, was like sleeping in their car and stuff, uh, I know yeah. that it's just story and I shouldn't like fetishize like people being poor but it it's like oh man no you're real you really like loved this shit it wasn't just some sort of like well if nothing matters and I can do whatever I want then I guess I'll sing it's more of like a right. nah fucking I'm throwing my chips in the table I don't know
1: yeah I mean I have a very much one to one appreciation of that kind of story <laughs> Yeah you do you've done it just, just to, I mean to hear that like you can sort of risk it all lose it all and then like come back and like actually have success is important
0: <laughs> it's true well after this i'll find i'm just gonna bring it up now this uh, so.
1: Cause I, I think I, I think i mentioned maybe the impetus for just saying fuck it and going for it a long time ago was watching uh or seeing michael league from snarky puppy give a master class oh wow and, uh, yeah, he came to the university of North Texas to speak to like a pretty small group. Like there were, there definitely weren't more than like 40 people in this room. <clears throat> and he was just given like a uh, music industry masterclass. <clears throat> and he was, he was like very specifically like, let's talk numbers. Like how much did this cost, cost me to do this particular thing? He's like, I don't want to shy away from like getting into specific details like that because a lot of people kind of gloss that over. It's like when you're diy and you're starting from nothing like you gotta know like is this thing gonna like drain like yeah fifteen hundred dollars or two thousand dollars that could be like a life-changing difference you know rent that month (laughs) and and he was basically like yeah so to get snarky puppy off the ground i just destroyed my credit as i i took out a bunch of credit cards for the first time maxed them all out and just like put all my eggs in that basket and i'm never gonna be able to buy a house now. Because of that, but I got the band off the ground, and I was like, "Cool, that's what I'll do." (laughs) And then, you know, like three, four, five years into that process, I was like, "Fuck, that I listened to Michael League when I, you know, shouldn't have taken taken a chance on that kind of long shot." Yeah, and it's like now I'm kind of like starting to see the upswing of of that a little bit more, kind of improving my own credit and stuff. And like, okay, I think I think we were onto something, (laughs) right? (laughs) But it takes it takes fucking years. And, like, just to, like, so ignore the whole, like, eight-year grind of an artist and then calling them new only once they're successful, that that's a shitty narrative.
0: It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. It's, like, I don't know. I wonder if you could probably track it. Just, like, there are these ingrained stories that we love out of our entertainers. Right? Like, we love them coming up from nothing and becoming big and and them having this come up like that's that's something we love But we also love it to feel brand new like we're we're there and it's like a sense of discovery right you want to be on the ground floor on the ground floor yeah so without having to like really like put something out there for an up-and-coming artist right <laughs> to actually dig and yeah. find lizzo bangers or whatever like one of her records from 2013 was um and and be on the ground floor so it's like it's like so then it's like, you want to like make people feel like they're in on the ground yeah. floor. A- and uh, we've a- talked to, yeah. Sorry.
1: And worth bringing up Jeff Rothstock, early adopter for the Lizzo fandom. Oh yeah. I think uh, it was a back to the Island episode from 2015 that he was, he was shouting out Lizzo, this awesome rapper from, from the Midwest. Oh, I think is yeah. what he said.
0: <laughs> but I love that. Jeff Rance. there's our Jeff Whatever I'll play it. Um, I mean, but the you know even talking about <laughs> Jeff, it's like he rebranded as Jeff Rosenstock from it could have kind of kept going maybe from bomb the music industry although it 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 did feel right. But say he had just kept on with bomb the music industry, it's like I don't think he would have maybe even reached his success. Like he almost needed to rebrand and then go on tour and then on his second record, he was sort of a new artist. Like people got to like know that he was credible and came from somewhere but there, it was only a second record. So it was still new and people could still be in on the ground floor and yeah. it's like a new uh, <clears throat> way to present them. It's just funny that like it works that way for yeah. for audiences.
1: I, it, it does feel really good to like be with an artist like before they blow up and then yeah. to like be there with them as they're starting to get successful. Um, I just joined the Patreon for Trust Fondozu mm-hmm. uh, and she seems like she's you know, really starting to. That's
0: one. You're like, all right, this Let's go. Like, I she can I'm, do this. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm
1: going all in with with Trust Fundozu. Hell like, yeah. Uh, she actually. She just left. Thank you, scientist. Mm-hmm. So she's like only focusing on her solo thing. Nice. Um, and the Patreon's cool. I'm in the Discord now. Um, and she's got a new record coming out soon. Uh, but yeah, that's like the artist right now that I'm like, okay, I'm in on the ground floor
0: with this. Yeah, I mean, that's true ground floor like i think about there's there's this band uh mama Larkey. i love oh yeah i um i don't know like i can't i just love them so much and it is so ground floor like they just did their first east coast tour ever and i saw the first new york show but i'm just like i, I can't tell if it's gonna like blow up and i'm like man this is so fucking good i just like i'm invested now you know what I mean? So yeah. now like if and when they do mm-hmm. I'm going to be like fuck yeah. Right? Cuz like
1: now you feel like you're part of it. Like you put something in so like you want to see a return yeah. on the investment in terms of like, you know, your your fandom being worth something, you know? Like mm-hmm. this is a band that I believed in. I I I I put in like attention you know, and stuff and and now like I want to see them do well.
0: You know what's really interesting? Okay. Uh, I started playing a TikTok and uh I was this is like feels very much of the modern era. I saw this TikTok last night, which factors into what we're talking about, factors into fandom, and I think it factors into the current media fan uh, landscape and how we all see things and perceive value. Which was, it was a TikTok of um, Taylor Swift. It was just photos of Taylor Swift recently in a bodysuit. And there was like a guy on the bottom third of the screen, like losing his mind, <laughs> like putting his hands over his mouth and like shrieking and just being like, y'all, Taylor has never looked back and he goes like the implications this has for global culture, the seismic shift we are seeing due to this moment is like, I'm different now. This is different now. And I was like, okay, it's fun. It's okay. This is having a profound effect on this man. And that's awesome. Right. But the first thing out of his mouth is the greater, global cultural implications <laughs> that this moment has like it's not even enough that it is him having this reaction but it's everybody so it's almost like yes we it's almost like in that moment he was speaking the truth something you're saying about fandom and I think that we all feel which is that we want to see our own feelings and investments and stuff reflected in the world because if they're reflected in the world and it does have this seismic shift in culture then it's almost validating how we feel and yeah. then we feel cool, um, yeah. cooler. And it's just hilarious that this guy wasn't even saying like, this is going to have these shifts or this is going to have this impact. He was just fucking proclaiming it because <laughs> that's it. Cause when you get something, it feels seismic like that. And, and he was being hyperbolic obviously, which is always fun to do. I love hyperbole as, <laughs> as famously exhibited on this podcast, but it was just funny. It's like, yeah, we, it feels big, and now that we have access to the whole world, we want to see it be big. I don't know. It's,
2: it's an yeah. interesting part
0: of being a fan. It's not enough for it to just be us have this fun, special thing. We also want everybody to see it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean. Cause it, because it is, it's an emotional connection, and then when it's given value in the greater society as large, it feels like something inside of you is also deemed worthy and valuable, like whatever that that emotional thing was. Right.
1: I also, with social media, you can sort of see in real time, like the reflection of your own values, like like mirrored through culture, yeah. just at large. I guess
0: it's true. It's true. And and then it, and, uh, it's, and then it then becomes it can become this mirror thing because you're seeing like what's valued in the culture. You're like, okay, if if other people are, ve- are valuing that, then then I'm going to start valuing that. And sometimes. It's something that you're like, oh shit, I love that. And now it's like, there's a connection. Other times it's like, whatever's out there is feeding into you. And that's always been sort of a thing. But I think when you just go on TikTok, it can just, or Instagram, it can just happen to you, not even consciously, just subconsciously. You're just seeing, you're just scrolling and you're taking in all this information. You're seeing what's deemed worthy by the culture. And then all of a sudden you just find yourself, your preferences just like maybe shifting or something. Yeah.
1: Did you have something Lizzo that you were going to play?
0: Oh, I had um, her talking about Mars Volta. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, can I, um, like, should I just play it loud so it feeds into my mic? <laughs> sure. <laughs> is that, it'll cause feedback, though, right? Uh, let's try it.
1: She, she, she's got a list. The
0: by the Mars Volta is one of the hardest prog rock. Songs. I just remember I went through this. I wouldn't call it a phase, but I went through this like indie rock resurgence. And I was in a rock band, and I was like, I just like the heavy stuff, you know, the real stuff, the, the musician stuff. But when I first heard it, I was like, damn, because this drummer Thomas Pridgen, who I just loved back in the day, he yeah, was in the band, and I just could hear him just going, <laughs>
2: The lead singer of
0: the Mars Volta was like my inspiration. I wanted to like sing and go crazy
1: like him on stage. And I love this song. I can never do a game show. Just... That's that's
0: so cool. Isn't that amazing? And then she goes on because it's the songs of her life. It's with Teen Vogue. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's
1: got Mars Volta on that list along with Destiny's Child. And-
0: <laughs> yeah. And Missy Yelly. Yes,
1: this is. I fucking love Lizzo. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> It makes so much, it makes a lot more sense now why I love Lizzo that she's a Mars Volta fan. <laughs> yeah.
0: So she went to school for flute and like went to yes, music I, school. I love that. Yeah. And she was like a band nerd. Like it was like part of her thing. And she played, she didn't mention this, but I found it online. She played flute in a prog band that was like influenced by Mars Volta. Holy shit. <laughs> in Houston or something. Um, I was like, oh, fuck, I want to meet her and like talk to her about that. But what a, what a fun. Adventure Guys uh, Full Circle Moment That was Uh,
1: Yeah That was our Our Lizzo Appreciation Minute Yeah (laughs) Play that theme song (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Lizzo Appreciation